0: Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. I've had
1: Serena now. Alright. Let's do this. Welcome to this week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Verteen. And I'm your
2: other host, Mikkel Snyder.
1: So I wanted to start this week off with comics. I feel like we do a lot of TV and a lot of video games, and so I was really excited to see some more comics news come across the virtual desktop that is not... Why are people so bad at writing diversity? This is actually people being really good at writing diversity, and I'm super excited. And this is about the new Nubia series from DC Comics. So, if you don't know who Nubia is, where have you been? But also, Nubia is the long-lost twin sister, somehow, kind of, I don't know, gods are involved, of... Wonder Woman of Diana, and she is known as DC's first black superhero because she is black, and she has her iconic fro, and it was kind of like, let's do Wonder Woman, but color her darker, and that was cool because, you know, better than no black superheroes, and no black women, but also kind of awkward because like, where did she come from? So this new iteration is looks like it's going to be really, really great. And um, it is written by L.L. McKinney and it is supposed to be a young adult graphic novel, which I really enjoy as well. It's definitely targeting a demographic rather than a lot of times they're just like it's a superhero thing so maybe it's for kids but maybe it's for adults I think targeting that young adult uh, demographic will be really really good and the other thing that I'm really enjoying, so I guess I should back up a little bit, right now there is a preview on The route, which has some of the initial artwork and the initial cover for this series, which is set to come out on February 5th, I believe, February 2nd, sorry, February 2nd, 2021. And the art style is completely different from what you think of as typical DC superhero artwork. It feels really real and relatable and natural, and I'm really excited about it. It shows a whole new side to the Wonder Woman universe, and it gives Nubia back her blackness. She is growing up with a adoptive family, foster family, we're not quite sure, but she's growing up In America as a black woman and that is really going to inform the type of hero that she is and the type of hero that society is going to see her as and allow her to be and I think that that's really important especially for that young adult demographic for all of the young black girls and young black women out there I'm super excited for this what do you think
2: this was really cool, right? Because I was just on Twitter randomly, and I saw this tweet from L.O. McKinley, It's just sort of like, have you ever had, like, a shoot-your-shot story where you just sort of, like, pitch something out to the universe and wonder what happens? And then she goes on to talk about sort of, like, I just tweeted randomly that I want to write for Young Justice, and DC Comics was sort of like, yeah, talk to us. And then this comic came out of that, and that that's really great, that, like, you can do something like that when you're in that position, um, and I just started reading a lot of like LL McKinney's uh, catalog and just seeing like all of these like really interesting pieces of fiction that I just had not heard about beforehand. So like that's exciting to find a new offer to be excited about. That's exciting that this book exists and that like we're getting something that's like like just new and different and not just Wonder Woman and not just this is Wonder Woman, but in a different universe. Like, no, this is, like, a fully fleshed-out character. And I think one of the things that stands out to me is that they also released, like, the cover art. And, like, the cover looks great, but, like, and this is a weird thing, but, like, I've gotten an appreciation for letterers now, and the title looks really cool.
1: Yes, for sure, <laughs> Which... I agree. It It's... Like I said, I think it feels more relatable in some ways. It it feels less cartoonish. It doesn't feel it feels like you could walk into this neighborhood and be friends with Nubia, which is really cool. I,
2: I'm I'm excited. I always I always like I, I love DC's like stuff for like the younger audiences. I think they've done a really good job of like making good content that is, like, all ages, but, like, really focused on, like, talking to kids. Um, most recently i bit. I went through, uh, Gene Yang's Superman Smashes the Clan. It was this 3 uh, comic book, graphic novel series-type thing that was basically a adaption of, like, a 1940s radio play. And, like, it was really targeted for kids. Like, it, it's- it, it's made for them to, like, get into entranceway. The principal, like, characters are, like, children dealing with systemic racism and, like, Nazis and super Nazis, but, like, that's really beside the point. Um, and the fact is, is that, like, it was it was for kids, but, like, as someone who is older and not in that demographic, I can still appreciate what they're doing, and I'm glad to see that DC's putting forth the effort into investing in young adult fiction, because i feel like that that's important and it's something that often gets lost like you said like it's like superheroes like this is for everyone but not really and it's nice having that focus for like kids cuz i think kids benefit the most from from stuff like this
1: we'll have to do a poll though on how many issues we get before dc Insists on either an appearance of Starro or Gorilla Grodd because you have to have that in Young Justice, right?
2: We'll, we'll back channel that one. <laughs> so back to our usual TV beat. Uh, during these times where HBO Max is just emptying out the coffers in a monetary sense, amassing this massive catalog of just everything in existence that isn't owned by Disney+, Plus, which is incredible that we just have two services that own literally everything now. Netflix is also out here just steadily putting out content, like there hasn't been any disruption on a global scale, like they've been completely... ...unperturbed by everything seemingly. Well, it's just like, here's a new series, here's a new content... ...and they just don't don't seem to be slowing down. Because, like, this week alone, we saw trailers for season 3 of the German supernatural horror series Dark... ...a preview of the Babysitter's Club's TV adaptation... ...a trailer for the second season of Keep On the Wonder Beast... ...and then Japan Sinks, a new anime based on a sci-fi dystopian novel... And then not one, but three different documentaries, including a Spelling docu docuseries appropriately titled Spelling the Dream. We have another series focused on healthcare providers with Lennox Hill. And then finally, the, the big, big announcement in my head is that there was Disclosure, which is releasing on June 19th, and it's a film made by members of the trans community about the trans community and how Hollywood has impacted them in all of the various ways about it. And this is just the stuff that, like, I care about and actually want to talk about. Netflix released, like, seven other different things this week. And, like, thank you, Netflix, for producing all of this content somehow without any of our knowledge. I wish you would support all of these series and not just leave them to die after a season or two. But, like, that that's a different conversation for a different time. What are the things that are you excited about with this Netflix summer gambit that we have?
1: I mean... I agree. Part of me feels like it's my first day of a college history class. And I'm like, how am I supposed to read all of these books? That's how I feel about Netflix over the summer. Like, I feel like I'm behind already and it hasn't even started. We're still technically in May. Um, but they all look great. Um, a couple of the ones that you highlighted also stuck out to me. Um, for weird reasons, the spelling bee one, because that was awkwardly... I was a weird kid. I did spelling bees, and that was like, I really wanted to do that for a while. And my mom was like, well, you can do soccer or spelling bees. What do you want? Because we only got time for one. I chose soccer. I feel like this documentary will prove to me that that was a good decision. <laughs> uh, So, but I think it will be interesting um, and good. And one of the things that I like about about the spelling bee world, I guess, I think that there is another conversation to be had about you know pushing your kids and things like that. But what I do really like about the spelling bee world is that it is a very constant and consistent reminder of the intellect of people of color. I think that a lot of times we hear about, you know, the the negatives involving people of color in the school system, in America specifically, and people dropping out, the, the school to prison pipeline, things like that. And I think that as a society, it can make us kind of feel like there must be something inherently wrong with us. Like, well, maybe we aren't good enough. And I love the spelling bee culture because you can just watch throughout the years as the participants get browner and browner and browner and browner. And And that just tells you how amazing we are as people. So I love that. Um, I didn't want to be excited for the Babysitter's Club because I thought those books were pointless when I was growing up. I was just like, I don't get this. This isn't my life. And then the trailer has that clear phone where you can see all the insides of it. And I was like, ah, I remember that. I might have to watch this, which is a really weird reason to want to watch a show. But I might have to watch it because I remember that phone and it was pretty awesome. And of course, disclosure, anytime that you have a minority community who gets to come out and tell their story i'm i'm here for it so i'm super excited for disclosure as well i think that's gonna be great
2: it it was really cool seeing that like the director like not only like wanted to make this film but also like made a concerted effort to make sure that the people behind the camera were also like members of the trans community because like that's something that like gets lost in the shuffle right like we want these stories but like equally important to like showcasing those narratives is like making sure the people making it are also of that because like it's it's easy to like just like forget the other half of the creative process so it's always nice to see that continuity that care being put in sort of like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this right and out of out of all of these i'm really just excited for kip on the wonder beast because dreamworks animation has just steadily produced all of the hot warming content and the trailer featured a lot of karaoke and y'all know i love to sing badly but i love to sing so um that that's that's top on my list for when that comes up in june god may is almost over but it feels like may just started and i don't know what time is anymore so anyways
1: well let's take a short break and we'll come back with some more singing for you.
2: Oh this is a musical. Okay. It's this makes musical. sense. This this makes <laughs> sense given the cast. This makes sense. I'll yes. let you talk. I'll let you talk.
1: <laughs> we talk about Netflix shows a lot here at Black Nerd Problems. As much as we try though, there's always a delay between our thoughts and what's on the screen. Wiretap has a solution for that.
0: Wiretap is an extension that you can put on so that when you're watching Netflix, you'll be watching a movie or a show and as you're watching comments from other people will pop up. It's kind of like watching television with your friends, but they don't actually have to like be in the same place or time with you.
3: It's a better version of live tweeting because you're not flipping between screens. Instead of going on Twitter to talk about what you've seen, you're staying on Netflix and you're talking about what you're seeing in real time on Netflix, and other people will see those comments as well. You can start a community that way. I could see Nicole talking about uh, what she likes on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or what she doesn't like about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I can like, or not, can you dislike? I'm not sure, well, it's Nicole, so I'm going to like what she says anyway, because that's Nicole, she's never wrong. <laughs>
0: I follow Omar, so I see all of his comments, and, like, I follow a bunch of other people from BNP, so I follow, like, Mikkel and Brittany and a bunch of our writers, so when I'm watching a show, their comments will pop up.
3: It's not flooded, though. Uh, When the comments pop up, it isn't, like, 16 at a time. It's who you want to see, and not many random people, unless those comments have been liked a lot so some of you might enjoy it's kind of tailored to you but there is an algorithm to it that doesn't uh, make it feel like you're being bombarded or flooded like on another app that we might not mention here <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, it, there's no bombardment with that
0: it's like pop-up video except your friends are the ones who are popping up their algorithm is actually really really good because there's a couple people who um i have never met before but like I appreciate their commentary <laughs> and now I follow them and I can like thumbs up their comments and it makes sense I'm like I don't know you but I really enjoy your humor.
3: It's like when you're at a movie and in your head you're like yo oh, you shouldn't have gone through that door I told you not to go through that door like you're commenting like that it's like live commentary with friends about well that was a stupid decision let me tell you why that was dumb and these uh well I got I got like what 58 characters 120 characters let me tell you why that was a stupid decision and 120 characters
0: It is really like watching a movie or show with a living room full of people except, like, you can just legit be in your underwear eating ice cream because they're not actually there but all of their comments are there.
3: That's how I watch shows with people when they're here or not. That's not not what more people do.
0: I liked wiretapping Spider-Verse just because Omar and Brittany were in the movie with me and that was, like, it was really just legit, like, watching it with, like, people I like.
3: I like watching anime and doing wiretap because you're guaranteed more, a more ludicrous thing will happen there. But, like, when it's something, like, maybe serious or, like, slightly dramatic, it's a fun thing to wiretap. I mean, uh, never have I ever, but that's a great thing to wiretap because, uh, look, man, I don't know any minorities that can call their mom uh, the B-word and uh, She'll Be Alive the next scene. I don't know nope. about that. I don't, know, I don't nope. know where they do that. I don't know what fiction that exists in because... Not, not in this time that I know, and I had to comment about that.
0: There was a lot of things to comment on in that show. It's also validating, right? Because you'll be watching it in your house and just like looking around for like the other person, like, yo, you, you hear her say that?
3: And then I type it, yes, I did hear her say that. <laughs> and this is why. And, and the fact that she's still breathing, that there wasn't a transition scene that was just black and her waking up in her room or still outside at nighttime is appalling to me. Nicole, how easy was it to download for you?
0: I went to the I guess the Google store and downloaded the Chrome. <laughs>
3: <extension>. uh, <laughs> I love when Nicole's talking about something. Even though she knows what she's talking about, she'll have like that upward inflection that. Like, <laughs> I'm not uh, I think I know I It was a long time homework. ago. Uh, it's memento with Nicole. <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen man, just get this goddamn program man. What the what are we doing here? <laughs> It's easy to get the wiretap app all. Uh, I you have to do is go to like wiretap.co or go onto your Google Chrome and just download the extension from there.
0: I'm pretty sure that's right.
3: Download it from there?
0: <laughs> it was easy. That's all I remember. I feel like that's the important thing. It was easy. It took me like less than a minute to download Wiretap. <laughs> Can you say that? Mark. See,
3: there should be an upward inflection emoji. Why is it not an upward inflection emoji?
1: Find out more about Wiretap on their website. At www.wiretap.co or download the Chrome extension from the Chrome Web Store. All right, so for my TV piece of the week... I have actually gone outside of the week because, again, time doesn't matter. I actually just saw this show this morning. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'm going to do it as soon as we finish recording. And that is Central Park, which is out on Apple TV. And Central Park comes from the creators of Bob's Burgers and is a musical comedy, I feel like this is a thing that I need. Uh, It has a great star-studded cast of voice actors, including Leslie Odom Jr., Kristen Bell, Josh Gad, and Stanley Tucci as the scary dog lady. And when I say scary dog lady, what I mean is, this show is about a mixed family living in New York, where the father is kind of like a caretaker of Central Park. And... The antagonist of this story is a scary dog lady who lives in a skyscraper, and her entire modus operandi is buying Central Park to make the biggest real estate deal in the history of ever. And that's her plan. And the main characters, the the Tillerman family, have to foil her plans and save Central Park. And from what I can tell, Josh Gad's character is just a musical narrator who's just like a bro who hangs out in Central Park and narrates the story as it happens. And it just, the whole thing means that I need to watch this.
2: You're really gonna make me get Apple TV.
1: (laughs) I knew you would love this.
2: I, I, I remember seeing, like, the announcement for this, like, a couple weeks back, and, like, I didn't register back then that it was on Apple TV, so it's like, oh, this is just, like, a new Fox series, because, like, it's from the makers of Bob's Burgers, so, like, I'll be able to see it, and now you tell me that it's on Apple TV, and I'm sitting here to sort of, like, I, like, Raven Quest you also brought to my attention, um, and, and now, and now this... And and now I'm just like looking at the cast list and looking at at the key art, and I'm just sort of like, I don't I don't want to get Apple TV, but I I'm gonna have to, because this is a fantastic cast, and this is everything I want, which is animated musicals. Like like who doesn't want that? Like that sounds joyful. That sounds good. And and if I can get this and Ravens Quest, like there's not there's not a downside but like this also means getting Apple TV but like I think it has to be done because like this looks good and and it has two Hamilton alumni in fact because it has DeVee Diggs and Leslie Odom jr it does
1: yes so like
2: how do you say no to that like as a musical fan like how do you see this cast list and be sort of like oh I need to pass on this it just it, it can't be done it can't be done And you also have Frozen people here, too, with Kristen Bell and Josh Gad. Like, it's just... I don't like Frozen as much, but it's still worth mentioning because, like, that song still plays in my head and I only watched the movie, like, once in the background and it's still still an earworm. So, like, yeah, I guess... I guess I'm getting Apple TV today.
1: Woohoo! I wasn't as behind as I thought I was. But I knew that you would like this and I figured that some of y'all out there listening would really like it as well and yeah it might be it it might be worth the dive into apple tv i
2: i need i need the return of cable with like there's a bundle in package and i I just need like i need like the on-demand side of of uh the streaming services with like the the simplicity of cable because i now have like 17 different things on my roku stick. And that's not even all of the things that I have, because with HBO Max, they don't have that on the Roku stick yet, so I had to do that on my desktop, and it's just, it's getting ridiculous.
1: Podcast idea. We'll have to do a tour of your (laughs) subscription services. You know how, like, people usually do tours of their houses or their workspaces? Like, you'll have to do a tour of all of your subscription services.
2: Oh yes, here is my Funimation where I get my dubs animes, and here's my uh, Crunchyroll where I get my sub-animes, and-
1: Might seem the same, but they're different.
2: They're <laughs> so very different. The catalogs are very different.
1: What have you got to finish us off?
2: I got, I get news that I care about immensely and that the rest of the world will care about immensely very shortly. Let's rewind the clock back to 2018. And YouTube has announced its entrance into the ring of original content. Because everyone was entering the ring of original content in like the late 2010s. So like that's just the thing that was happening. But the big contender, its flagship title was Cobra Kai the sequel series to the Karate Kids film franchise, this time focusing on Johnny Lawrence played by Billy Zabka. Uh, Ralph Macchio also reprises his role as Daniel LaRusso, and when people saw the trailer there were just so many questions about like, why is this happening? How did YouTube get a hold of this? What could they possibly do with the series set like 20 years after the original, like what is happening here? And I, out of sheer curiosity, signed up for a free trial of YouTube Red, which is what they used to call YouTube Premium, because I guess the YouTube logo was Red. And I watched the first season in a day. I wasn't planning to watch the first season in a day, but I saw the first episode, and then the second episode, and then the third episode, and then I had to work, and then I went home immediately and watched the other seven I was hooked, I rearranged my entire schedule for like that day, so I could watch this series uninterrupted, and it had no right to be as good as it was, and is, still. The first episode was available for free, and got 5.4 million views in the first 24 hours. And by the time that the second season was about to roll around, it had gotten 50 million views. And now both the season one and season two premieres have over 8 million views as of of the start of this year. Like, that's wild. Because, like, you have to pay for YouTube Premium to watch the second season, and it has that many views. Like, season one makes sense. You have this premium, high-scripted drama that's available. Like, yes, I get that. why that has so many views. People are interested. Season 2 having that number? Wild. Um, I've been waiting for season 3 news, and now we have it. Deadline has reported that YouTube's actually giving up on its only original that did the numbers, and Sony TV is shopping Cobra Kai to the major streaming services, which means I still don't know when I'm getting my season 3 content, but... This does mean that the rest of the world will finally get to experience the glory that is season 1 and season 2 of Cobra Kai, without YouTube Premium, and eventually they'll also get to join me with fandom for season 3. I really care about this. I, I don't know if you can tell.
1: I, I can. I just... A little bit. It sounds like you care about it a little bit. I am excited that it is going to be not on YouTube Premium anymore. <laughs> I did, in fact, avoid YouTube Red. I remember when it was YouTube Red, which, you're right, I, I think they were just like, well, the logo's red, so that's a good name. But there was never enough on there that I was like, I have to pay for this. And so I never I never did. But, I mean, who doesn't love the Karate Kid? So I'm really excited to be able to watch both seasons, hopefully on something that I already pay for. Probably not. They'll probably come up with a brand new one that everybody has to get.
2: So, so Deadline reported this, and they said that the front runners were thankfully like Netflix and Hulu, so like, right, good job. Okay. Let's not put this on like another one. But at this rate, they could go to Apple TV, and I'll be fine <laughs> with it because I'm going to have that now. And on that note, that brings a close to our episode, so let's wrap things up with our lightning round where we just cover a couple of the news topics that came across the virtual news docket, and we want to just make sure that you know about it. We got some key art for DC Universe's Doom Patrol Season 2, premiering June 25th on both DC Universe and HBO Max. The official trailer for the final season of Attack on Titan is circulating the internet and reminding us of how far the world has evolved. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie's investment into redoing its principal character design has paid off, and Paramount Pictures has confirmed that a sequel is in the works. Andy Sandberg fans, you can get excited because the Lonely Island Twitter announced that his latest original film, Palm Springs, will be on Hulu July 10th. And finally, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has been renewed for a 15th season by FX, making it the longest running live action comedy ever which that's not what I thought we were going to get, but it is, and good for them. I'm excited. So if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these or anything else in Nerd News, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture. I am Mikkel Snyder.
1: And I'm Victoria Vertine.
2: Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next week.
1: Bye!